Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah. Verse number three, starting. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing unto captivity every thought. Everybody said every thought. To the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Ask your Lord to move in our midst, God. I am only a container. Standing before you humbly, Lord, asking you to speak through me. Use me for your glory to encourage, to strengthen your people, to mend broken hearts, God. To encourage and strengthen, Lord, those tonight that are going through dry places. Lord, I ask it in the name of Jesus, in thy holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I want to minister a while tonight on this subject. The first chair breakthrough. The first chair breakthrough. You know, the last time I touched on it, and I just, I'm just going to kind of put it out here real quick so we know where it's at. But I'm going to tell you that, you know, we say, well, if I'm in the third chair, I can't go anyplace else. Well, yeah, you can. Hell is bold. You know, the Bible said hell enlarged itself. Amen. But then we get to the first chair, and, and yeah, there's someplace else besides that, too. And it's a better place than you and I are at. And it's called heaven. Its letters is not as big, and it's maybe not underlined, because few there be that find it. Glory. So I, I want you to know this morning, there is, this evening, there is someplace else to go. Now, I want you to know that during the course of this service, I'm going to be labeling those chairs because those chairs have characteristics. Amen. There's first, second, and third chair, but they're, they're characterized by something. Just to take you back to our, uh, amen, I want you to be reminded that the text that I just read describes a first chair Christian. It's somebody that is obedient, amen, or committed, amen. Let me take you back to the sermon a while back when we dealt with the first, second, and the third chair uh, in our walk with God. Let me remind you what the third chair represented, amen. If I may do it quickly, it represents the Israelites in slavery. They had never experienced salvation, they worship pagan gods, and they were slaves to another master. In other words, the chair in number three is where there is no relationship with God. There is no relationship. Amen. And then the second chair represents the Israelites' years of wandering in the wilderness. This group experienced the deliverance from slavery. They experienced the power of God but refused to put away the gods of Egypt. They come under the blood of the Passover, yet were not serving God with their whole heart. Their wonderings was due to not believing and expecting the promise of God. There is salvation in the second chair, but there is a lot of baggage that you bring with it. It is not meant to stay here long, it is the deciding chair. It is the place where you decide which way you are going to go. The first chair represents the years of abundance. This group of Israelites inherited the promise that their fathers had refused. 
These were the children of those who died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. These first chair Israelites believed in God, but their faith was not original. They had not personally dealt with God. They had relied upon the faith in God because of the stories that their forefathers had told them. They had heard the report even though they had not dealt with God, amen, themselves. These served God as long as they had a leader. They were committed, amen, to serving God as long as there was somebody to lead them. Oh, my Lord, I can, I'm, I'm just following up, amen, Brother Mason this morning, but we need a pastor. We have to have a man to lead us, for without a leader, church, we will fall. Amen, hallelujah. I want to say this in the onset. Let me say that uh, we don't plan to fail we fail to plan. We don't plan to fail. There's not a one of you in here that ever planned on failing. But a lot of times we fail to plan. How is it that we know all about the promises that are prepared for ours uh, to be ours someday? Yet we know nothing about getting started in the right direction to receive those promises. How can we know about them and not know how to get started? In Romans 8 and verse number 29, it reads like this, For whom he did foreknow, he also did, did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Amen. Romans 12 and verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Somebody say a first chair Christian. Oh, glory. Somebody say, I want a breakthrough. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. God give us his word not to make us comfortable, but to conform us to his character. Those last two verses that I read said that we were to be conformed in the image of God. I'm to be like him in character. Come on. Be like him in attributes, uh, if I can say it, hallelujah. But he made us to be transformed by the Spirit of God that's on the inside. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to be the same old, same old, but I can be transformed and renewed by the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. We must be conformed to his character. And I want to tell you tonight, that goes beyond our pious feelings. Come on, our good intentions. Hallelujah. It penetrates to the level of our schedules, if you please. Come on. It goes down to our checkbooks and our pocketbooks. Oh, he's searching us out, church. It goes beyond that, and it goes to our friendships and to our jobs, and to our families. Come on. Faith must do something for us and a whole lot more for God. I said faith must do something for us, but a whole lot more for God. Because faith is an action word. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I stopped just a moment to say, are you a first chair Christian? Are you really, amen, committed? Joshua was a first chair believer <laughs> that said this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If we're committed to him, oh, hallelujah, we must love Jesus no matter what others are going to do. Joshua was really telling them. He said, I'm going to prepare you because I don't matter what you do, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We got to look around our world and our family today and we got to tell them, I can't help 
what you do. That old song, I can't help what others do. I must go on. Come on. I can't help what my brother does. I must go on. If my sister does, I must go on. I don't care what they do. Brother Freddie, I'm going to serve God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I might remind you, hallelujah, that in Joshua's case, this came at the close, these words did at the closing season of his life. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you that commitments, commitment must be engraved, come on, in the heart of man. If you're going to be a first chair Christian, then you must be committed. Without a shadow of a doubt, it must be engraved and put on that first chair because if, if that's where you're headed, church, you're going to be committed. Glory. These are in divine order because notice that if I sit on either side to my right is the first chair, if I'm sitting in the middle because that's where power is. That's where commitment lies is in the first chair. Hallelujah. I could stop right there and I could preach on commitment a little while, but I, I want to just carry on just for a minute. I want you to think, hallelujah, about yourself as the first chair Christian. I said, I want you to think. Everybody said, think. Oh, glory. Can't walk the walk or you can't talk the talk. Come on. In the second chair. Come on. Hallelujah. The first chair is that place where we meet up with God. Hallelujah. Where we have changed our life. Praise God. And the first chair is where there's no looking back. Oh, I said it's the chair that you don't look back. In other words, I must turn away from everything that's behind me. Hallelujah. I got to turn my back on my family if they're not living right. Come on. I've got to turn my back on my friends if they're not living right. Come on. I've got to turn my back on everything uh, that will take my eyes off of the main thing. Come on. Because this is a chair of commitment. The person that is in this chair is going to serve God to their very best ability. I'm not saying that they won't make mistakes, but what they will do is they'll rely on the Lord to say, Hey, God, forgive me. Come on. Put it under the blood. Mm, yeah. Put it under the blood. I want to serve you with all I've got. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want a breakthrough. Oh, glory. I don't know what you, about you, but I want a breakthrough. Hallelujah. In Joshua 5, 13 and 14. Hallelujah. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? If I could point to you tonight to a man that was a first chair Christian, one that had a breakthrough with God. Hallelujah. Notice what he done. The Bible said that he fell on his face and then he asked for direction. He was ready to listen. Somebody say committed. He was committed to listening. When that guy said that I am a captain of the Lord's army, then Joshua was ready to listen to him. I'm going to tell you, the pastor of the church is, come on, he is in charge. God has put him in charge. And we need to be ready to listen to what he has to say because when he says something, it's not him speaking, but it's God speaking through him. Cloak. Hallelujah. Oh, Joshua said, I've already decided who I'm going to follow. I've already decided that my life is going to be lived for the Lord. 
But Joshua said, before I can do what I'm supposed to do, I've got to have some marching orders from the captain of this army. Oh, glory. Church, we got to have some direction of what to do, what to say, when to pray. Worship. Oh, we got to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua was asking for marching orders. Amen. 1 Samuel 17, 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you unto our hands. I'm going to tell you first chair Christians put aside their own desires. And anything that demands their undivided loyalty. They have a committed prayer life. Everybody said committed. They are committed to the word. Everybody said committed to the word. Glory. They are committed to worship. I said they're committed to worship because we are commanded all the way through the Bible to worship. You look at, you read Psalms all the way through and you'll find that it is a, it is not, it is something that is commanded of us. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Come on. I could turn to Psalms 150 and we could read it all the way through and every verse would be a command to worship God, to pray, to praise Him on the instruments. Come on. On the harps. Come on, on the high sounding cymbals, on the loud cymbals. I could, pray, I could bring it to week post to praise God uh, with everything that's in us. The Bible said, whatsoever our hand find to do, to do it with our might. Come on, if I'm going to play, then I need to play it with my might. Come on, if you clap your hands, come on, those are instruments. We need to clap with all of our might. Come on, church, if I'm going to worship him, I want him, to, I want him to know that he's worthy. I want to know that God is mine and he is mine. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I must put aside everything that stands in my way, and I must commit myself to God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want a breakthrough. Hallelujah. I want a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want a breakthrough. You know what a breakthrough is? A breakthrough is an attack that penetrates the enemy's defense. I don't know about you, but I need a breakthrough. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired of him standing there and just defying the armies of God. David was tired of it. So what are you doing to find the armies of God? So he done something about it. He went out against him in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. In the name of the Lord, he went out against the giant and he killed him. Oh, you uncircumcised. He told it like it was. You uncircumcised Philistine. Here you are defying the very armies of God. But today you're going to learn that the God that we serve is real. Come on. He is powerful. I want you to know, church, that our God is not any less powerful today than he was then. In fact, can I tell you that he's more powerful today in the church because now we have the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power. Oh, hallelujah. God is stronger in the church now than then. Hallelujah. I want a breakthrough. Hallelujah. 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 Let's say it again. I want a breakthrough. Oh, just in case you didn't understand what you're saying. I, I want to break through. I want, I, I want to break through the enemy's defense. Glory. We have got the weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty, not by ourselves, but through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imagination and every high. Everybody said every high thing. Let's do it again. Every high thing. That would exalt of itself against the knowledge of God, bringing unto obedience. I'm going to tell you, God taught me a long time ago on that verse, Brother Freddie, that I could insert a lot of things there. <laughs> oh, bringing sugar diabetes under control. Come on. Oh, COPD under control. Fibromyalgia under control. Come on. Hallelujah. Heart problems under control. 
breathing problems, disorders, arthritis, and cancer. Come on, church. Oh, I can speak it. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost has got the power to bring it unto obedience to Christ Jesus, my Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. I don't know. I want a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Pat, I want a breakthrough. A breakthrough in your marriage. Oh, come on. Come on. I said a breakthrough in your marriage. Something that didn't seem possible. Yet all things are possible to him that believes. Come on. I'm talking about a God that can bring those intentions to obedience through his power. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark 12, verse number 28, starting. One of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, ask him, which is the first commandment of all? Now, I want you to notice as I read this that he lumped some things together. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's the first. But he lumps another in with it in verse 30, and he says, And thou shalt love. He puts an and there. He puts it as one commandment. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Come on, there's the mind. Think. And with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Come on. All of that was the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Hallelujah. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets, the Bible said. Hallelujah. And here we are, and we are at the second chair, if, if you please. I want to bring the second chair. Because we must be careful in the second chair. It is the place where we are stopping by. It's not a place to stop, so to speak. It is the place of deciding. Man, you ever, how many of you use, stopped at that chair for a while? You have to decide and choose. Joshua said, I don't know what you're going to do, but I... I'm not stopping at the second chair. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I must caution you about the second chair because as I began to study and pray about this, God began to deal with me because this is the baggage chair. Everybody said baggage. This is the chair where... You have now, salvation is there. You, you, you have salvation, but you have brought a lot of baggage with you from the world. From the third chair, you've brought a lot with you. So this is the baggage chair. This is where you get rid of things. Because if you're ever going to be committed, you've got to leave everything else behind. Oh, Jesus. Oh, somehow, somehow, I, I need to get here. Somehow, church, I know I said this the last time, but I want you to know that in this chair, if you're ever going to make it to the first chair, you cannot sit with it this way. Come on. I said if you're going to advance to the first chair, you cannot sit and look like this because you know as well as I know, if we keep looking like this, the first thing you know instead of looking this way, we're gazing back. It's biblical. Lot's wife was fine until she looked back and she turned into a pillow of salt. So if you're really not wanting to stay here long, you better turn your chair around. Uh, come on. And you better have the garbage lid off and get rid of some things. I need to, come on. 
with the right hand of power, I need to get rid of some things in the garbage. Come on. I need to leave everything here that's hindering me in my walk with God. Everything that's going to hinder me in my ministry, I need to get rid of it right here. I cannot move on until I empty out my baggage. See, if you have this chair turned like this, before long you'll be going. You know what people does, and, and the enemy works on those that have just newly came in. Because you know what happened when you become a Christian and all at once you're in the second chair? Come on. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. Come on. You've got the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You've got all the tools to do it with. But if you're not careful, hell breaks loose. And the enemy pours his portion out upon your life. And the first thing, come on, Sister McGee. You've got a sister that you've been encouraging and talking to. And she told my wife, she said, ever since I've started living for God, it seems like all hell has broke loose. And everything I try to do, it goes backwards. It seems like I'm struggling. I can't get anywhere. Come on. Hallelujah. I know I want to tell you what he does. He wants to discourage you so you'll kind of point to that third chair and say, you know, things weren't so bad there. Come on, that's what happened to the Egyptians. They got salvation. God delivered them out of Egypt, but on their way, they began to look back to the things of, come on now, Come on. They begin to turn their chair just a little back and look back over their shoulder, Brother Mike, and said, hey, you know things weren't bad back there. We had fish. We had garlic. We had things to eat. Hey, slavery wasn't so bad. At least I wasn't hungry. The enemy will take your trials and tests and say, do you remember going through this before? And you'll say, oh. Let me tell you. The same trials that are on that side, on that side. It don't matter where you're at. It rains, yes it does. It rains on the just and the unjust. Come on, God is no respect to persons. Everybody's going to go through their trials. Everybody's going to go through their sicknesses. Everybody's going to go through their tribulations. Come on. Tribulations work with patience. Come on. Ah, you, I could preach that a while. Come on. If you're, wanting, if you're wanting patience, then just, come on, bow your shoulders under tribulations because it's going to be all right, but you need to turn your chair the other way. <laughs> come on. Yeah. You don't understand. I'm in line with heaven. <laughs> I'm looking toward it. I'm not looking back over my shoulder. You ever try to run and look back over your shoulder? You start losing ground. You may be ahead, but I'm going to tell you, if you start looking back over your shoulder, the first thing you know, one's done passed you up. You know why? You can't run and look behind. Oh, I'm ready to run this race. Come on. The race might not be this swift, but I'm going to tell you, it's he that endureth to the end. The same shall be saved. If I'll keep my eyes on heaven, everything will be all right. God will keep me. Brother Junior, my father-in-law sitting back here 87 years old. I know for a fact, because I've been around this family a long time, I want to count the time Sister McGee and I went together. I've been around this. I've been around mom and dad for 50 years. I know what it's like. I know what they went through as children. I know what things, what happened. I know what happened, Brother Junior, when there was no coal and there was no job, no money to buy any. But guess what? One morning woke up and there was, a, there was somebody dumping a big old truckload of coal. Don't know who it came from where it came from, but God made somebody back in and dump a load of coal. I'm going to tell you, I don't care what you're going through. God's about ready to dump a blessing in your lap if you'll stay true and keep your eyes on heaven.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say breakthrough. It's not a breakthrough if you fall back. You're losing ground. The only way you can have a breakthrough is to move to the first chair. Well, let's stay on that second chair a while. Hallelujah. It's the dumping station. The second chair is is that place that you're not there yet. You've received the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You've got the tools. But you've got a whole bunch of baggage. You know, baggage sometimes hard to get rid of. We've got heavy trash coming up this week. And a bunch of you is going to be trying to get rid of everything else you couldn't get rid of all year. But I want you to know there's some things that heavy trash won't even take. Let me tell you, church, I want to caution you. You may get something in the devil's territory that will be hard to get rid of. You're not just going to dump it. Come on. You're going to have to do some prayer and fasting to get rid of it. It's going to cost you something to get rid of it. If they won't pick it up on heavy trash, it's going to cost me something. Come on, heaven's awaiting me. And if I don't get rid of everything in here before long, my chair is going to start twisting. I'm going to do something after a while. So I'm going to tell you what this is for. We're going to get rid of some things after a while. And I'm going to do it different than I've ever done it because before I've had people write things down and wad it up and throw it in the trash. But the truth is, God knows what they are. And all I want you to do is to go through, wad something up, and God and you knows what it is. And I want us to get rid of some trash because I don't know about you, but are you tired of being in a second chair? Okay, okay, I'm, I'm going. I know that, that sounded bad. It sounded like we're all in a second chair, didn't it? Well, I'm going to just tell you something. There's some in here that thinks they're in the first chair, but you're not. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't a one of us that's not struggling to keep out of the second chair. Oh, yeah. Come on now. You got to remember what the first chair represents. It's commitment. Everybody said commitment. You know what commitment is? That's commitment in every part of my life. Oh, God. I pray first, I read, come on, I read first. There's few times, not too many, but there's few times that I don't get that work in of the morning. If I think it's going to rain, I'm doing something like a week or so ago when I was out here taking care of this parking lot. I wanted to get it for the rain come in. So I got out there and I hit it early in the morning, Sister McGee, and I ended up playing late at night, praying late at night. Come on, church. But I prayed, but I, I'm going to tell you, it works a lot better if you can pray first and read. Because the truth is, I need direction in my day. Who knows what I could meet up with through the day? God knows who I'm going to meet up with. Or I could meet up with those slewfoot that's trying to keep me in the second chair. That's what Mama called him, slewfoot. Oh, slewfoot. I don't know what that means, but maybe I'll look that up. Anybody look that up? I don't, even, I don't know where it's in the dictionary or not, but it probably is. A lot of them slang words and things are in the dictionary. I know some of you use them and shouldn't be. That tells me you're not in the first chair yet. Oh, oh yeah, because when, when you say those kind of words, they mean something else. Just look it up in your dictionary, huh? Come on. But I'm going to tell you, let me tell you about this. There's somebody in the third chair that's looking over your shoulder and they're waiting for a chance to point something out that you're doing wrong. Let me tell you first chairs. There is somebody looking over your chair. Come on. 
over your shoulder from the second chair and they're trying to nail you for doing I've been there, Brother Mike, working at a power plant and, you know, and, and walking down through there where you can't hardly hear, you know. You got the earplugs in your ears, you know. You wrap them things together and stick them in there, you know, to cut down on the noise so you won't go deaf. And, 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 and somebody will say, what'd you say, McGee? And I tell them, they say, man, I thought you said so-and-so. No, they was just hoping. The devil knew better to try that. I was past that. But I'm going to tell you, if they could just label you for something. Come on. If they could just somehow make you turn your back of your chair just a little bit around. Say, ooh, that makes me aggravated. Maybe, maybe I'm not doing so well. I'm going to tell you, the devil is after some of you in here tonight. And he's been telling you for so long, you're not doing so well. You're in the deciding chair. You'll, you'll never make it to the first chair. You'll never be committed to God. Anybody ever had the devil to tell you that? You'll never be committed? Come on now, you, ah, you bunch of liars. Come on now, tell me the truth. Raise your hand. How many? Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. Come on. He's told you many times, you'll never make it to the... <laughs> You'll never make it to the first chair, honey. You've gone as far as you're going to go. You might as well give up right now. But I'm here to tell you, I've got a word for him. I can do all things, Brother Daniel, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not my joy. It's his joy that strengthens me. Glory. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want a breakthrough. Somebody say, I got to get out of the second chair. Bless God. You've already got a problem. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say, baggage. Say, the deciding chair. I want to tell you something. What are you going to do with the salvation that's been given you? What are you? Come on, second chair, you've got it. What are you going to do with it? You've received the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. Your sins have been washed away. But you've stayed there long enough to you begin to pick up some things. See, this second chair was a place to just stay overnight on the way. Abraham done that and stayed for a number of years on the way to the place he was supposed to go. He stayed too long. Hey, Rand. He stayed too long there. Come on. You know what's, what's the problem in the church? Is there are people that's got good intentions that they move to that second chair and they're not planning on staying there at all. But they stay there long enough. Come on. If you sit down before long, you're going to be mixing with some of the stuff that's around you. Come on. You've got to remember this is the garbage place. This is where you get rid of your garbage and there's all kinds of that and everything to look at. You can rummage through books that you shouldn't even be looking at. Come on. You can be reading things that you shouldn't be reading. Oh, yeah, come on. You can have the remote to the TV and you can have it on things that you shouldn't even be watching. Come on. Yeah, Lord, come on. It better say the right thing. Come on. Yes, yeah, sir. Oh, well, there's no cussing in it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's because you got TV Guardian. Yes, sir. It'll even take out the R-rated part, but I'm going to tell you, it will not change the show. When you hear that little beep, beep, whoops. Boy, it's getting quiet. That's all right. I preach to quiet people and loud people. Glory. Come on, church. I, want, I don't know about you, but I want a breakthrough. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of where I'm at. What are we going to do with the salvation? Hallelujah. This is the place that you're running around with an empty horn.
This is the place that you're running around with an empty heart. Samuel did that. For a long time, he, 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 he gave all of his anointing to Saul. And he thought, that's the last time that I'll have to ever have to give an anointing. It's because he poured everything that he had into Saul. Because Saul was the first king of Israel, and he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He looked good. He was strong. Come on. He, he had biceps and triceps. He was a strong man. Buddy, he was, he was a... He was a good looking. Hey, I don't think he was just good. He was pretty. Evidently, he was. You, you look. He was good to look upon. The son of Kish was a, a handsome man. Amen. And old Samuel, he anointed him to be king. And he thought, hey, remember, this is late in Samuel's life that he'd done this. Because, you know why he'd done it? Because the, the people of Israel said, all right, said, Samuel, you know, you're, you're old. anybody at church tell me that yet maybe they, maybe you've all whispered it bishop he's old I understand why he's a, why he stepped aside because he can't get it anymore Samuel you're just old and because, and, and because your children is not serving God and they're not walking right then, then we can't depend on them so we need a king And I can already hear Samuel as he's dealing with God. Said, "Lord, you don't understand. I pulled I poured everything I did, did, had into Samuel. Everything, my everything that I knew, everything that I knew about you. I taught him everything uh, that I knew. I've I've, I've I've taught him how to pray. I, I've told him there needs to be a sacrifice every time he goes to do goes to war. He needs to make a sacrifice. Come on, he needs to meet up with Lord and he needs to pray. I've taught him all of that, Lord, and I have put everything in him that I've got. And now he's failed me. And 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 Samuel, he is almost turning around a little bit. He's looking back. You say, I don't believe that, Bishop. Oh, yeah. The Bible said he mourned for him. And that mourning wasn't a good thing. Because God came to Samuel and he said, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? In other words, can I put it this way in plain words? How long are you going to sin against me, Samuel? I told you I rejected him. And if I reject him, that ought to be good enough. He said, But Samuel... You've been a first chair Christian. You've had a breakthrough in your life. And, and you've done a good job. Remember that they're not rejecting you, but they're rejecting me. Oh. So he said, Samuel, I want you to know that you need to fill up your horn, honey. Come on. You, you, you need to fill the horn up. Yeah. Come on, Samuel. Put some oil in the horn. It's time to fill that booger up. It's... If you don't watch it, it's probably so dried out of the leaf now, you know. Put some, put some oil in that horn because I've got one more anointing that I want you to do. And when you make this anointing, you don't have to worry about it being wrong. Come on, church. The devil is trying to talk you in to going back and the Lord saying, fill up your horn. Come on. He's trying to discourage you because you're in the second chair and he's trying to tell you you'll never make it. You'll never get a breakthrough to the first chair. You're never going to be a, a Sunday school teacher. You're never going to be a leader. But the Lord is telling somebody in here tonight, you need to fill up your horn. I've got another anointing. I've got a greater job for you to do. You need to turn your chair around toward heaven because I'm going to give you a breakthrough anointing. Hallelujah. Let me remind you something. The people's in this third chair. They're sitting right on the edge of the pit. The only place to go from here is to hell. I don't want to go. I don't want you to go. But when you're sitting on the side of the pit, if you're not careful, a wind comes along, it'll blow you in. Come on now. now I, I want to, you know, no relationship with God. No relationship with God in this chair. No, no relationship. 
relationship here. Everybody said no relationship. No relationship with God. Come on. Okay. Now, what are you going to do with that, Bishop? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with that. We've got a city here and a lot of people's in here that don't even have a relationship with God. This third chair is better than hell. Because what I've got to remind you is that around the third chair, there is all kinds of signs. Come on. There is people that's watching First Apostolic Church. It's not a place that you can't see things. And you can't be stirred. It's the third chair because you wasn't brought up that way and you weren't taught that. You don't have a relationship with him. You may not know nothing about God, but I'm going to tell you, one step into an apostolic church and you can know there is something there. Come on. There is apostolics that are working around you. Come on. There is people of God that are working around you and there's something about that person that you just can't put your finger on it, but there's something different. Sister Angie, I was very bashful in high school. You know. But she told me when she came here, she said, I knew there was something different about you, but I really never, ever laid a finger on it. Come on, church. Oh, God. I would that I could talk then like I can now. <laughs> Young people, let me tell you. Pastor, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you got them little cards that look like a credit card now that you can make, and it says, uh, you know, it tells the, 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 the services. And on. I thought, man, I'm, after, after this card thing of going for Easter, man, I'm just longing for some cards to pass out that's got our got our services on it where I can say here I want to invite you to Sunday school or I want to invite you to one of our services it's just a little card it don't take up as much room it's 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 I, I think we even had them maybe when when the bus route you know we'll had a foot on it we'll pick you up or something if you need a ride you know God oh let us you know what I don't know about you but I'm ready to pass out some cards come on church hallelujah Come on. You know what? If we would start passing out some cards, but for long, this chair that's been tilted this way would start turning around. You know why? Because there would be some souls uh, that won in the first apostolic church. There would be some more Jeffs baptized in Jesus' name. Some more Jeffs in the pastor's office that would kneel and pray through to the Holy Ghost. Come on. Oh, yes. Mm, glory. There would be some more Bo McDonald's. Come on, Sister McGee. Some Bo McDonald's that come up here and married somebody and they come into our church. And, and, I, and Miss Sister McGee and I brought him in my office one night. He said he would like to have a Bible study. So we had a Bible study. How to experience Pentecost. Oh, glory. We sat in there on that couch, and, and after it come to a time, and you know that it was about time to say, hey, what do you think about this? And he said, man, I want to find the Lord right now. Boy, right there, we knelt, amen, and we had prayer, and Bo gave his heart to the Lord. Later on, received the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, if we can get him in a... I'm going to say it. You care about I say it? Pastor, you know what the pastor and I was talking the other night when we was headed up north? And he said, you know what? If we can get them in a Bible study, we can get them baptized. And uh, yeah. Do you know that everyone the pastor has got in a Bible study, he is baptized? More times than not, it happens that way. I was on the morning watch this morning. The Lord woke me up before 3 o'clock. And just yesterday, the, the pastor had placed a DVD in my lap, and I couldn't sleep last night. I mean, 2 o'clock, and I was awake. And I finally just said, I've got to get up. 
I went in my office and I began to pray and read the Word of God. All at once, that DVD that was laying there on my desk, I just felt uh, just it was pulling. Go to sleep, and I, and I couldn't keep myself away from it. So I drugged the laptop out, opened it up, plugged it in, and man, I'm telling you, about 4:30 this morning, I was afraid my daughter slept in the back room because she's right next door to my office overnight. I thought, oh Jesus, because Holy Ghost come in my office. I began to speak in a heavenly language. I began to go, whoa. And and then it was just just oh, oh pastor you give me that that tape that that, that uh, DVD just in time and God began to speak to me come on because I'm going to tell you we got to have people in our church that fits not there yet it's all right it ought to be if we're doing what we should be I pray to God that there are people in this church that aren't there yet come on they may not dress according to your code. They may not look according to your coat, but they're in church and we need to get them plugged in. I was watching this forum. Brother David Bernard said something. He said, one of the things that we do in our church, and I think this is an area that we're slack on church. He said, once I get them in the water and they're baptized, I plug them in someplace. I'm going to use them doing something. Come on. There are things that they can do. I'm going to tell you, church, we need to get some people that come through our, come on. We need to get Jeff plugged in. I like this amen stuff because I'm going to put a load on your shoulders now. I said we need to get them plugged in. It ain't up to bishop. It ain't up to pastor. Come on. Yeah. You know what? They said also we need to find them somebody to fellowship with. Come on. They need to know that they got friends. You can't let them pray at the altar by themselves. Honey, if they get to the altar, we better go too. Come on. If I'm going to get out of this second chair, then I got to do something for God. I'm going to tell you, you can be friendly the first time and forget who they are. I'm going to tell you. This couple right here, I'm going to keep on calling them. I'm going to go see her where she works. I don't give up easy. When I see her, I'm going to hug her. I want her to know. I want them to. I want them to know that they're loved. Charles Fritz, you're going to receive a hug, buddy. Francis, I don't care if you're work. I'm going to hug you. I went out there to eat. She was working. I give her a hug. Guess what? Her boss come up and said, "I want one of them." I said, okay. I hugged her too. You know what? In my mind, I said, get her, Lord. Come on. Come on. You know what? We've got some people out there that's never felt love. Can I tell you that we've got young people that's walked into this church that have ever known real love till they come through these doors and we begin to love them? I'm talking about true love. Keith, you and Alexis are loved. Even though they call you trouble. Dick, you're still loved. You and Helen are loved. I don't hold that against her. You're loved. He's loved by this church. I was there for his surgeries. Come on. I was there. Come on, church. Somebody better stick with me. Come on, the chair is tilted. Oh, I've got my eyes. I'm not, come on, that's to my back. Why would I want to look back now? Come on. I've got rid of some things. Why don't I get rid of the rest of it? 
Well, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. I got to hurry. I'm running out of time. Oh, Jesus, help me. Long-winded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has another job for you. He wants you to have a breakthrough. This isn't up there, y'all, so don't look for it. Another scripture came to me, and it's, it's the last scripture I've got for tonight. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And he shewed me Joshua, the high priest. Everybody said the high priest. Standing before the angel of the Lord. You hear me now? Now, now you catch this. Joshua the high priest, and he's standing before the angel of the Lord. And notice this. And Satan, everybody said, and Satan, standing at his right hand to resist him. He's standing at his most powerful hand. Okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to tell you why the devil likes the second chair. He's not give up on you yet. And you know what he does? He always stands at your right hand because he's between you and the first chair. And that's the only thing that's between you. Because if you can get rid of the devil, all of that garbage is going to go. And I've got power. Brothers and priests, after the Holy Ghost come on me, I've got power. I can rebuke him in the name of Jesus, Brother Mason, and he has to go. Because greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I now have the power and the authority that whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Come on. The devil cannot stop me from having a first chair breakthrough. Hallelujah. Now I want you to notice now. Hold on. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? He said, if you think you're going to get this guy, you crazy. Because I went to the trouble of pulling him out of the fire. Honey, he wasn't almost there. He was there and I plucked him out before he got rooted in hell. What I'm trying to tell you, there is people in Mount Carmel that's already feeling the heat of the flame. Sister Rhonda, somebody needs to give them a card. Come on, church. Somehow we need to get a hold of this group that's about ready to fall off of the edge. I don't know about you, but I'm about to have a first chair breakthrough. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. I've got my horn filled up. Mason, you can come. i got my horn filled up. The deciding chair is only a place to stay overnight. It's a place just to pitch your tent and you're, you know, you're not going to build a house there. You shouldn't. It's not a good place. This is just a place just to pass through and say, I'm praying for y'all, but bye. I'm not staying around here long because I know if I do, there's a third chair that's just pulling it tugging at me. Brother Mike, and he'll pull you right out, won't he? Brother Mike knows. The second church, the old enemy just pulled him out. But he's back. They're back. Stronger than before. Surgery room the other day. I was so proud, Sister Brenda. You made Bishop so proud. She's sitting over there and there was people sitting around there. And she, she started talking about it. She said, we're so, we're so proud of where we're at. 
She said, you know, we're in now. We wasn't in before, but we're in. I like the feeling that we've got. It's changed our whole family. It's brought our family close together. And now since we rolled Heath out the door, me and Brother Mike's really getting close together. Come on. It gets better. The longer you walk, the better it gets. If you won't turn your back, come on. If you'll still look toward the first chair and say, I'm going to have a breakthrough in my marriage, in my Christian walk, come on. I'm going to have a breakthrough in revival. I'm not going to sit here and not have revival. I'm going to let revival happen. You know how to make revival happen? To do what you're doing tonight. Worship. Pray. Shout glory down. Obey the Lord. Be committed. I'm going to work on this, Pastor. Now, all of you that, and I'm not looking at nobody, so all of you that feel like you're a first chair Christian, I'm going to see if I see your face Wednesday night. Committed. I'm not going to say it's easy to come, okay? The longer I sat here Wednesday night, the worse I felt. And I come feeling bad. But I didn't tell nobody. I just prayed. My son knew it. He said, Dad, wasn't, he said, I knew something was wrong last night. I knew it. He said, I, I could tell in the prayer room. Something wrong, Dad. The longer I sat there, the harder my head pounded. I wasn't getting near as much out of service because I couldn't put it in like I wanted to. Went back and we washed each other's feet and I got my hands clean, got my feet clean. Glory. Thought we'd stop by McDonald's. We did. I looked at Sister McGee and I said, Dear wife, go home. I can't handle it. It's hurting too bad. Maybe something else going with it because 2.30 in the morning I got up. I took Tylenol. 2.30 in the morning I got up. My head was about gone, but I had a toothache, honey. Ooh, that was worse than the headache. So we're going to do something about that. In fact, we are in the process. I'm on antibiotics to get rid of the infection. Daughter said, Dad, are you going to be able to preach, Sonny? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to preach. Come on, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can be committed. And there's been times that I've come. Sister McGee can tell you, first church, I was working. I had a job, full-time job. I've been in bed with high fever. Sick. Come about church time, I got up and I started getting ready. She said, what are you doing? I said, I got a message to preach. She said, dear, you can't do that. You're sick. You're weak. You'll pass out on the floor. I kept on getting ready. Guess what? When I went to church, before I got up and started preaching, the fever left. And I felt the Holy Ghost anointing. I believe I could have whipped a lion. I did whip a lion. I got through with the message. The Lord anointed me. I went back home. The fever came back. Come on, church. Come on. I'm going to tell you God will take care of it. Brother Johnny came to church Wednesday night. He told me before church... He said, I, I wanted to come tonight so bad. He said, I am hurting so bad. My back is hurting so bad that I can't hardly sit here. After church, he came, he, he came running to us. And he said, you know what? Tears rolled down his face. He said, I came in here hurting so bad I couldn't sit. And I don't have one drop of pain. It's gone.
said, he bent over and washed feet in the back. Come on, church. I'm talking about a God that's real that will not leave you comfortless. He'll come to you in your sickness. He'll come to you in your bad times. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Somebody said, I want a breakthrough. While Brother Mason, Sister Mason sings tonight, there is paper laying on that chair. Heaven is waiting you. When you get in the first chair, when you're committed, the only place to go is up. See, I, I should have got it and hung it up about right up there so it'd be up because you always got to look up to heaven. Look down to hell. You know what? The committed are on their way. Just don't look back. When you get in a committed chair, you cannot look back. If you do, you'll be going back. We got to keep committed. So tonight, what I want to happen. You don't have to tell nobody. I just want you to come up here and take one of these up. I'll show you how to do it. Don't miss the trash can. Because that's what people do. They throw it on the floor and pick it up and take it back with them. I want a real deliverance tonight. And I want you to receive one. So whatever's between you and the first chair. Whatever's bothering you. That besetting sin. That thing that's so easy that Satan throws at you all the time because he knows it's your weak point. I want you to do what Brother Mason said. I want you to think. And when you come pick up that pacer, I want you to think of what's bothering you the worst. And I want you to wad that up and throw it in there. I don't want you to write it down because God knows and I don't have to know. Would you do it? Stay. I'll make it easy. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.